1: Welcome everybody to Night Light. So glad you could join us. It's really an exciting time of the day when I'm able to connect with all of you out there and wonderful authors on top of it that have brilliant books that, that are insightful and enlightening and exciting. I want to first thank Ken Quiet Hawk for his amazing intro. Please check him out on, uh, on the internet. He is a native storyteller, and the story he's the stories he tells uh, absolutely are fabulous. And he illustrates a wonderful tradition and way of preserving history far beyond the written word, which is profound and insightful and exciting. And it's it's a talent and a gift that has is sort of disappearing and. The Native Americans are the first people, whatever their title is appropriate at the moment, are preserving this kind of history, and it's important that we know about it because, to be perfectly honest, preserving an oral history uh, in many ways is, is more important than the written history. The written history can blow away in dust, and yet the oral history is preserved generation after generation after generation. I want to refer you to the website, BarbaraDeLong.com. We've got lots of wonderful information there, as well as links to all of the books that we talk about. So if you're interested in them, you can go to the website or in the write-up for the show. The link will be there as well. The book that we're talking about today is Quantum Spirituality with Amit Goswami and Valentina Anasor. And let me give you a little bit of background here, just from the from the book itself, could the great challenges of the world and our lives be solved through the wisdom of the past merged with the best science of today? The answer to this question is a resounding yes, although many will kind of wonder how this happens, but they tell you. In quantum spirituality, Amit Goswami and Valentina Anasaur joined forces to reveal precisely this connection and catapult us light years beyond conventional thinking when it comes to our capabilities and our potential in an intimate journey of easy to read science and true life events the authors demonstrate how the marriage of science and spirituality and the cooperation of scientists and mystics opens the door to a new world view quantum spirituality oh sorry quantum spirituality offers a brave attempt to unify the science and spiritual paths of existence. The authors point out that all too often we find ourselves in unhappy situations when we embark on, the, on one, path, one of the paths without considering the other, especially a problem in our separate scientific and current religious worldviews. We need to take steps along both paths simultaneously, something that our quantum physics point of view explains. It's an exciting way of of uniting these two aspects of life, and while, while thinking about spirituality and being esoteric and spirituality being very scientific and and um physically based it's it's a blend that is really quite fascinating. it makes a great deal of sense, and I welcome both of you to the show, Ahmet and Valentina. are you there? Yes, thank you very much. We are happy to be here. Right, bye, well, I'm girl. delighted to have delighted to have both of you on because it it really is a topic that that of course everybody looks at and and says how can you merge the two, and and yet you seem to have done a very good job of it. Um, how would you explain quantum spirituality, Amit?
2: Well, how it is, is, is very easy to explain. In the older tradition, in the spiritual wisdom tradition, as it is sometimes called, the goal is self-realization. Um, in another language, uh, you know, God's different archetypes. God is the oneness, uh, the ground of all being. Modern word is consciousness. Uh, so, consciousness are different aspects. These aspects we call archetypes. The olden language was God virtues. So these archetypes like love, beauty, justice, truth, wholeness, just to uh, quickly mention a few. Um, these archetypes can be uh, recognized all to be a part of the final archetype uh, called whole. Beyond that is the self archetype. But it's not really an archetype because when you uh, explore it you find uh, eventually that they felt it more self. So eventually the old-fashioned enlightenment is an enlightenment to escape the world. And this has always been a problem because the spiritual traditions and following them, the religions, have always negated the world because eventually one has to get rid of the world. One has to liberate from the world. That was the idea. Heaven now, what's the goal? So live your life in and to life in heaven has been the goal of all religions. Christianity, Hinduism are just two of them, but it is in the Kabbalah, it is also in the Islamic traditions and um, uh, Buddhism as well. So all the major religions. And this has been the cause of the neglect of the world, worldly affairs of human beings. Can we make the world better? And we, by and large, because of this attention of the spiritual traditions, we have not uh, made the world better under the spiritual traditions, although some people were transformed, they were enlightened, and they tried their best, but people have to deal with their basic needs and the material dimension of uh, their life was really failing, and so most people remained very ignorant. And then, of course, science came about and they have changed the material. We now have lots of knowledge of material. Now we have gone the other way. We completely have forgotten that we are also based on spirit. And therefore, is all of our defects of the human brain, defects of our evolutionary uh, uh, way that we are built. We have a lot of negative emotions coming from animals. We have miscenteredness because... Of course, the spirit has to be conditioned in order to live the human life. And all this really produced a very small consciousness. And the way to now approach uh, spirituality is no longer a quest for self-realization. It should be really realization of the archetypes, like love, beauty, justice, etc. Because if you do, then you are making the world better. You are rebuilding civilization as you change yourself. So uh, quantum spirituality is proposing, instead of the archetype of self, we concentrate on the other archetypes, eventually ending up with archetype of wholeness. And when we realize, explore and realize all the archetypes, except self, we call call ourselves quantum enlightenment, having quantum enlightenment. What's the difference? Difference is enormous because people enlightened this way have some of the same beauty, same abilities as enlightened in the self realized way. However, they are remain focused on the world. They're not they're not interested in going to uh, going to be liberated and outside of the world and live in heaven permanently. And this makes such a difference because we need wise people to guide us. Look at otherwise what kind of leaders are guiding us today in America and everywhere. And uh, really, it's just uh, the mayhem, uh, chaos. Uh, not to mention it is also creating problems for everybody like global climate change. We feel that if we change the focus of our spiritual investigations, spiritual explorations to these archetypes, uh, beginning with abundance and power, very worldly archetypes, but combining them with goodness and love, and eventually ending up wholeness, that is the way to rescue civilization from uh, destruction.
1: Yeah, it makes great sense. Um, Valentina, you, you spoke a lot of of creativity um, being a part of spirituality and how creativity helps one to express it. Um, how do you bring that into balance with the scientific aspects that are out there? Because of course, you know, creativity um, comes in many forms, and 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 it's it's very important for the development of the spirit and then coming into working with the creativity to help balance the internals so that there is a better balance between the physical, the the, uh, science, and the spirit. Um, How how does one go about finding that balance? Yeah,
3: Yeah, of course, it's very important. So it's that balance that you're speaking about and also all these dichotomies that exist in our beings, And uh, again, that's why quantum spirituality and even the word quantum, if you put it to quantum spirituality or to quantum creativity, it refers to all this amazing wave of possibilities, you know? So the thing is that we, I mean, we are not robots that cannot change, you know? And that works in, I mean, I'm a medical doctor, so you apply creativity that you mentioned also in uh, quantum healing, you know? You have to, again, but you have to know where you start. So a little bit of, uh, uh, aspiration and a bit of lucidity to see where you are is needed because if not you cannot even start with the first eye of the creativity you know we have we speak about the seven eyes in creativity and the first one is to be able to set up an intent yeah but if our mind is a monkey mind you know and we cannot use it and instead it's using all our vitality all our other potential you know so it's we cannot train this monkey mind, we cannot train to a basic level of attention, then we will not be able to intend. And before intention, so something again which, which uh, refers to the meaning of quantum spirituality and again creativity and eventually the quantum leaps that will appear is something which is called expansion of consciousness. And uh, that state of inspiration, so in order to start with the creativity that you're asking about, we need to to be inspired so something that takes us from the from the contracted state of ego, yeah dominated ego and low mental yeah to an expanded you feel that you're suddenly free and you have the courage to be yourself, you know, and you get this inspiration that you need to start any process of creativity from a doctor, that's why you go to a doctor, because the healing power exists in all of us, you know, that's why you go to a teacher, to get inspiration, so that you start your process of transformation, you know? and again, when we say quantum spirituality, we, we emphasize the fact that we, I mean, we don't want to... Uh, destroy the ego usually I mean I grew up uh, many like a lot all of my life was science and spirituality because I grew up in a family of doctors and priests and then I studied various systems and I practiced in parallel with medicine uh, and also complementary areas you know allopathy and complementary medicine so I was really passionate about all this and uh, I saw also the sleep that exists you know so in people's minds and beings it's such a Split between between mind and the heart, for example, you know between science and spirituality, between reason and the heart, you know again, so all these all these uh, dichotomies there they they are which keep us. Low, you know, and that's why, again, in the in the old traditions, you know, we were uh, speaking about this, this self archetype that Amit mentioned that like people were were kind of running away to caves, you know, living as cavemen instead of learning how to bring that uh, to embody all this that we we call archetypes, you know, to embody the divine in our jobs, you know, to bring that meaning and purpose, you know, our dharma in the world, you know, to embody all this, especially our archetype of choice, why we did become in this life, you know. So there's eventually a shift of character. So all this ego that exists, you know, with even Ayurveda, I mean, it, it refers also to uh, to immunity, you know, for example. You cannot just destroy the ego, destroy your personality. It's not about that. It's about developing an authentic, healthy ego, which is encouraged, not a strong, uh, egotistic ego, you know. Because, again, all these negative uh, emotional brain circuits that I mean mentioned will not go away. They exist there. But, uh, but again, this, this uh, authentic ego, authentic personality, will never use all these uh, negative emotional brain circuits for... Uh, the own benefits of this ego yeah so it's kind of it's not manipulations that you will be display tantrums and enforce others using the negative emotions for ego's purpose you know and authentic personality will not do this and then of course we, we speak about the neagram and about all this like going from the ego level eventually higher so towards anima animus and eventually these archetypes that we speak about the nine main archetypes which refer to dharma so, and then we speak we about transformation to be done in stages. That's one of the things. It's not uh, that you are jumping from wherever you are, jumping to the self-archetype and just give up to the world because your lover left you or because you have any kind of victim condition. That's not about the self-archetype, you know. It's just that we like sometimes to stay in this victim state, which is not at all good and it's not about creativity. You know, But again, the idea is to... To learn how to act uh, in the state of expanded inclusive cons- expanded consciousness.
1: Yeah, it, it's we're going through a time or times um, where where everyone is is uh, I do believe reassessing their life and and what 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 they've done with their life and where they're going with their life and what their purpose in life is. And I would say that that. Most people, um, especially in today's society, have that uneasiness about being out of balance but not knowing how to find their balance. So, uh, Ahmed, you talked about some of the archetypes. So is 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 their, their way of coming to wholeness, is it more important to look at the archetypes and how to apply them to their life or to look at the situations and intellectually address them?
2: Well, uh, Barbara, if you keep, keep, keep talking about balance, that's the first step towards wholeness. We have enormous imbalance today between outer and inner. Uh, everybody does only outer things. They never, you know, you know it's the worldview. view. Scientific materialism says everything is matter, everything is outside. What is inside is not important. It's just a phenomenon of matter. Brain is doing everything you don't worry about what is happening inside you. That attitude uh, eventually permeates the mindset of people. They are only interested not what happens inside in a relationship, for example. Look at the tendency. Initially, uh, we have internet, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, and people still have a Sort of, I know someone, I'm meeting with them on Facebook. So there's still a sort of community kind of thing. And now the latest fad is TikTok, where you don't communicate anymore. You just put up your uh, video or whatever that you are putting up, and other people watch it. So it's like uh, you yourself are functioning and just letting it out there for whatever sake, God knows. Um, uh, this is just getting rid of the concept of community, that there is other people, and consideration for them is important. Um, uh, this is a particular problem. It's arising from this outer-inner dichotomy taken to an extreme. Outer is all, inner is nothing. And then, of course, Valentino mentioned all these other dichotomies. goodieful dichotomy still plays major way, you know, Both parties and America is an example. Both either party thinks that or what (laughs) they will. Obviously, that's absurd, but nobody looks for uh, coherence in thinking anymore. One party supports scientific materialism, other party supports uh, religious bigotry. So, you know, it's just a no win situation everywhere. One has to first balance with creativity and conditioning, that's the essential balance, outer union, that's the other essential balance, and male-female, that's the third essential balance that was recognized millennia ago by Jesus himself. So those are three basic dichotomies. If we remove those fundamental dichotomies, then we have uh, first balance them and then transcend them. This transcending them is an idea which initially is a bit difficult to understand. But if we directly uh, learn to live life with how the archetypes come to us, which they do through the experience of intuition, and if we live life in an intuitive way, then you know, this dichotomy, is uh, like dualism itself, is a dichotomy. Good evil is a dichotomy. It is. The archetype of goodness has no dichotomy. So then we get to be good in appropriate situations in an appropriate way. And this way of living is what makes great people. Like when we talk about Mahatma Gandhi or Abraham Lincoln, they were also facing uh, great uh, conflicts, um, uh, but indeed they always were able to take the appropriate action because they could transcend good and evil. There was no particularly... Everybody is evil among the confederates, and nor was it everybody good for the people on the other side. So this good, evil way of distinction has to stop at some time, some place. And this is what wholeness does. When we look at with wholeness, we balance first, and then we transcend good and evil. We appropriately choose whatever is the right response in a given situation. This is quantum space
1: Okay. Um you've, Ahmed, you've mentioned intuition a number of times. Where does intuition come from?
2: Well, intuition is the uh, uh, NESP quality, extrasensory perception. Intuition does not come from the material world. It can be associated with material world. For example, I see a flower and I can intuit beauty or a sunset again, into its beauty, but that's an association. Um, Directly, the intuition comes from consciousness. It is a direct communication. In quantum physics, we have room for it. We call it non-local communication. With intuition, we become one with everything, every time, very momentarily, so we do not usually perceive it that way, except once in a while it does seem like an oceanic feeling, uh, that Freud's work by the way, Freud experienced this a uh, couple of times, but he missed the uh, importance of it. He called it childhood uh, helplessness. Uh, that's such a stupid way of avoiding the uh, spiritual, uh, what can I say? But, you know, Freud was a materialist, constricted consciousness in spite of all of his geniuses uh, that happened. So, um, in uh, psychology, Carl Jung uh, was uh, a mystic, uh, a sp- was a spiritual person, and, and now uh-huh. we have spiritual in the form of transpersonal psychology. So, they talk some of the things in a very correct way. What quantum science does, we have been able to integrate the role of the brain, role of the body. Um, like at some point, Valentina will give you the uh, basic uh, new stuff that we have that is in the vital creativity that changes the equation so beautifully that we believe that we can really teach quantum spirituality and balance and transcend the dualities to our students in a PhD program which we are uh, in the process of uh, already running.
1: Wow um Val- valentina um i i, I keep feeling the, the 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 mystical um is in many ways something that is near and dear to your heart and our spiritual traditions our religions have have sort of um not filled in all of the blanks that one would expect um have Have in some way, our religious organizations not taken us far enough with the concepts that they were developing is Is there some place where almost corporate control has stopped religion from from um growing and expressing and allowing us to reach into the higher realms of our own consciousnesses?
3: yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Uh, it's a good way to put it. I mean, I can say from my experience, I mean, I I really met amazing people, and again, I learned a lot, and I keep learning, you know, from... from, um, But the thing is that what I saw is very interesting, because at some point, indeed, um, it appears a certain phenomena of uh, power and manipulation, and again, it's again, I would think, it's again about about misunderstanding the ego there, the ego's role. And again, just trying to you know, to throw away the the, the baby with the bathwater, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. And not being able to work mm-hmm. with that. Again, I, I really met people who had amazing experiences, even of samadhi and, uh, uh, like, truly an awakening of kundalini, what it's called, you know. And really able to perceive all this, what we call chakras, and even able to have astral, uh, really lucid, lucid dreaming and all kind of things, and extremely developed. But still, in all of these people, I saw eventually where they remained stumbled, you know they they well, they they kind of really stopped somewhere and but again, how do we know what is the movement of consciousness for anybody i mean you know i am I believe that for all these people again if there is a continuous state of aspiration, there's a fire in their hearts burning eventually they will maybe remember what was the purpose for which they really started the spiritual search you know and then again i also know people who are opening up to to uh again keep keeping questioning whatever they they uh, draw a line because we are get ending up with having a lot of dogmas you know in spirituality mm-hmm. and science also and that's the thing whatever we see nowadays and people call it science it's not the science that we speak about when you say science and also the same spirituality is not uh, it's not a dogma there uh, you we shouldn't be afraid to talk about things you know and to it's not about somebody who has a bigger power than another person and the other person is plain stupid and you have to just only obey so also this image of um you know the guru image there eventually you know, will have to be addressed again in order to overcome this. What becomes a blockage eventually, because people are starting beautifully in various types of schools. Really, I saw in various traditions. So the beginning is wonderful, but then eventually something happens. You know, and Amit is describing very well how we see this relation with the guru. Uh, you know, or how how what we call guru. Amit, maybe you want to say about this. Yeah,
1: um, I. I, think I, 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 I... Yeah, go ahead, Ahmed.
2: Uh, um, Yeah, this is the thing. The the traditional uh, way of teaching are all dualistic, including the modern um, transpersonal psychology, uh, which also tends to be dualistic. The reason for holding on to dualism uh, is subtle. Uh, The reason is that people are uh, not really practicing what they preach, they have gone good levels of understanding in conceptual way. But conceptual way to spirituality has never been enough. Uh, It does not change people. Just understanding the concept, even lofty concepts, like the world is based on consciousness or consciousness and its possibilities are the ground of being even these lofty concepts that people have been talking about for fully 7,000 years and 3,000 years in the more or less many parts of the world. So uh, why don't other people pick it up? The reason that they don't pick it up is that they don't see any example of people living that oneness, today especially. More and more we delve into modern science and technology, modern way of living, the social media, and all this stuff that we talked about earlier, the more we become detached from that consciousness that will take us to spirituality. So what we have to do is obviously, um, first of all, balance creativity and conditioning from our lethargy towards change, and really shift our attention from outer to inner for a while because inner is way behind the outer. Inner has to catch up. When we catch up with the inner and people start seeing the value of the inner, that value has to be established first. And this is the reason that scientific materialism got to be appended. It has been verified already experimentally that it is not valid. Non-locality is experimental fact. This year, Nobel Prize was given for discovery of non-locality in physics. And my work and our spirituality is living proof that non-locality also belongs to us. Our brain can be non-local if we pay attention to intuition and eventually become creative. There is now brain evidence that the brain changes. Brain becomes very connected and connected in a non-local way, when we meditate, when we are creative, when we are transformed. So these things are no longer people's imagination, it can be done. But it can be done only if we use a scientific process towards it and really are dedicated to transformation. If we don't transform, if we think it is easy, if we think just sitting and thinking about it will do it, or if we think just argumentation will produce transformation, none of these things are adequate. People have to live what they talk, what they want to be. People have to really strive. This is why Valentina and I are now writing a couple of books, uh, talking about the archetypes in one book, and talking about hero's journey to explore the archetypes in the other book. It is really a hero's journey that Joseph Campbell talked about, that Carl Jung uh, discovered in the collective unconscious. Our ancestors did some of it, and uh, we feel that with quantum science and understanding of the creative process, like the 7 life process that Valentina explained earlier, we can really hasten the process for many people. In fact, we are confident that, you know, if people come to do, us, uh, do a PhD in our institution, Quantum Activism, Vishalam Center for Quantum Activism, uh, which um, we also have an affiliated, fully government affiliated um, institution in India, University of Technology, through which we give the degrees. Um, If people do these degrees, take five, six years of transformational education, they will make major change in the way they think they live, they make their living. This integration is essential. People have to work that out. That's really the first, first requirement. And this is what the American intellectuals don't do. You know, the um, uh, term has been used that people have become uh, uh, philosophers, um, they are intelligent people, intellectuals, they have values but they don't practice it. They understand the values, but they don't practice it. Intellectual good values. They go on being intellectual about the values, how to explain them, this, that, this, that, this is them, that is them, but they don't practice them. Without practice, they don't know what the values are about. How, if you don't practice love, how do you know what love is about? That love is about caring, love is about expanding consciousness to include the other, that is what love is about. And these people talk about computer models of consciousness and think love will jump out of that. Totally head based. Valentino mentioned the heart, and the heart and the head obviously have to be integrated in order to know what love is. You cannot know love with just the brain. So these are the changes that one has to make, Barbara.
3: Yeah, let me add something. Can I, Barbara? Sure here. So again, if, if you want a word about this, it's arrogance, you know. I mean, we see this uh-huh. also in other schools, and also we see it in our students. You know, it's so interesting to see that people who are more mental, you know, mainly mental and very intelligent, you know, but yeah, not not uh, there's uh, all kinds of levels of intelligence, you know. It's emotional intelligence, which is further than what we usually need, you know. But people who think of themselves that they are so intelligent or others who think themselves they are so spiritual and not. So it's a, it's an arrogance there which becomes such a huge obstacle, you know. It's kind of, and we stop with the, with the transformation. Then when we stop with the transformation, life is giving us signs, you know, eventually diseases. No, not to mention ha- lack of happiness, lack of love and all that, lack of expansion of consciousness eventually, you know. But again, so there's arrogance, and then there's a lot of inertia, huge inertia. We can see this in ourselves in all of us. You know, we really have an inertia there, and uh, eventually we'll have to work through processes like forgiveness, for example. You know, in the book we speak about this a little bit, but we emphasize it everywhere because working with forgiveness, which is a very deep work, and it can take many, many, many years to do that. You know, it's not just about uh, uh, what is. Obviously, that for example, something happened in your childhood and you closed yourself towards various things in this vicious circle that you ended up, you know, because you just couldn't engage in forgiveness. You know, you didn't give this to yourself, but eventually we'll have to forgive ourselves even for this inertia, you know, because transformation is something continuous and really takes a hero. It takes a lot of courage to, again, to see where we are and to keep moving, you know
1: yeah and and in growing um a lot of times we we have to unlearn something that we've been taught by others exactly. and it's exactly. it, it's letting go of those uh familiarities and allowing ourselves to expand beyond them that is so frightening for so many people um yeah, I
3: because know you know, it's whatever, even if it's a higher meaning, if it's something brilliant, genius, it's another person's meaning. Eventually, when we work, as you mentioned, creativity, and I didn't describe much about this, but I can if you want. But again, as we work with creativity and transformation ourselves, we will also bring our um, our own meanings, you know, so not just other people's meanings. So the, there's not too much value for us personally when we are only surrounded you know eating each other, you know other people's meanings, only and many people do that you know?
1: well, I have found that that many times when people are feeling stuck in their life, if I say to them, "What are you doing creatively?" they'll say nothing, and I will suggest that they add creativity that gives them joy and and that when you are being creative and joyful about it, you open the channel for the spirituality to flow through that
2: as well. Yeah, it's the motivation, Barbara. The thing thing people miss is the motivation has become so uh, disassociated from meaning and purpose of life to making money. This is the problem. Money doesn't satisfy. So uh, then people are stuck. What is the meaning of my life? What is the purpose of my life? These questions come back again and again, and the response they don't have because they only have learned to make money. They have never learned to engage with the archetypes and learn how to live. So we get get back into primitive living, which is those me-centeredness and negative emotions and pleasure addiction and information uh, addiction. So this is the basic problem. In order to solve through this, we really have to take a very uh, centered uh, effort this effort is no less important than uh, saving our uh, planet from climate change, uh, but this is uh, not in the focus of most people. It is coming into focus. This is the focus of quantum science and the paradigm shift in science. That we really have to put equal emphasis on doing this, on bringing the focus on the how we uh, how we are neglecting uh, these changes that has to be brought about. So how do we do it? For example, you mentioned fear. Fear has to be transformed into courage. How do we do that? It's about the chakras in the body where we feel the vital energies. Um, I don't know uh, if our listeners are familiar with chakras, but they are the places where we feel the feelings in the body. If you don't take quantum leaps, what happens is that the chakra as the nasal, which gives us a sense of the body ego, so to speak, just as we have mental ego, similarly we have a vital ego in the body. But this ego is centered more on pride, security. These are the survival level of emotions. But when we take a point you know, that's when those emotions give way to what we call courage. In other words, energy is locked up in what we call the root chakra at the bottom of the body, the inner. Those organs are connected with elimination. And if you, everybody knows if you're constipated, you have more fear than if you're not constipated. So uh, get rid of that anal retentive attitude. That's the first of all. And the second of all is engage in vital creativity in lifting that blocked energy, like it's like a spring. It's wound up. It has to be released. And that release can be done with those vital energy exercises that Valentina mentioned earlier, like Qigong and Pranayama, yoga. And that releases the energy, and you get the quantum leap at the navel chakra that gives you courage. So, this courage, once you get the courage, then we can go for love. The first step is to transform fear into courage. And uh, second thing is to reduce the brain supremacy on the body and investigate the emotions in the body, feelings in the body, and discover the heart. Fortunately, women already have one step in that direction thanks to their particular development and particular uh, you know, brain structure so that women can teach us love. Uh, Men in the olden days could teach us about the navel chakra, but today uh, uh, navel chakra is all uh, used up in those uh, feelings that I mentioned earlier, superiority, feelings of pride, feelings of uh, security, those are the things that count the most. That has to change, and then we can get into uh, the positive emotions of courage, love, Goodness um, and the rest.
1: Well, I think uh, first of all, my audience is very well um, informed about um, the fact that the chakras are not just pretty little circles of spinning energy. That there's so much more connected to them. But I think that they they haven't made the uh, some some may have not made the connection to the fact that 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 energy is is related also to the body and the feelings within the body. And and then, of course, uh, Valentina, um, the many faces of love, the many kinds of love that come from understanding the power centers within the body and how they're functioning.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it's it's uh, important to to understand, again, first of all, that we are not just a physical body. I know I think all your viewers know that. And, uh, yeah well, you are just really not just a physical body and even there are people who are healthy for example anatomically medical speaking you know you're just all healthy but you lack uh, vital energy for example you know and you feel this phenomenon which is more and more often of chronic fatigue for example and then for example acupuncture can help but not just that you know so you have to go deeper and if there's this situation again eventually we have to re-establish this synchrony also between the bodies but chakras, if you want, yeah, there are the places, if you want where consciousness simultaneously actualizes the vital and the physical, first of all, we refer to these levels, in the process of which we call it the software, the functional programs are run, and then the organ functions in those areas take place. And then uh, if you heard about, you know, about Rupert Sheldrake, he came with the term of morphogenetical fields, and Amit took it further, and we call it, the correlated liturgical field. You know, we, they, we refer most to the function of this field. And then you feel this movement in the form of vital energy. And then, uh, yeah, we speak a lot about the uh, chakra psychology. And if you want, I can make a short review with the corresponding physical organs and associated feelings, if you want. But again, uh, sure. just to, yeah. you know... Yeah? Okay, so, yeah. Um, we, wait, so I will go... Briefly through all of them, just it's very important to see that we we speak even in the another book, the next book that we wrote, the Quantum Brain, we we explain this even more. uh, That we refer to the fact that the vital energies actually can actualize or collapse, if you want, only starting from the navel area. So that's why the navel area is the first place, the place of transformation. You have in karate, hara is called, right? And also yeah. in yoga, and like, for example, women, you know, we, are, we have by birth weaker this area. Men, if you see a man with a belly, he will not mind to just laugh and say, ah, oh, I'm so good, you know. But a woman, oh, my God, we have to hide. And that's why we, we don't even engage the abdomen in our breathing, for example. So we breathe very superficial and we don't bring energy there. So, for example, abdominal breathing would help a lot a woman to relax this area. Because if not, you have so many fibromas and cysts. All these manifestations which show that the energy doesn't circulate from the lower levels up, you know. Okay, so this will, this will be the first place to address, you know, the first place where we speak about the collapse of this vital energy at the naval level. And then at the heart, you you know about the HeartMath Institute in California and their discoveries about the heart, there's a the brain formation in the heart also. And then the brow, yeah, Arjuna Chakram. So we we call themselves, eventually also higher, you know, at the level of Sahajara. Uh, So uh, we we have, we describe, um, you know, usually you hear this term of uh, frequency and vibration. So we go deeper explaining this. So it's it's a lot about this. Uh, And for example, we say that the energy goes out when we we mean that uh, a chakra is not getting attention or the energy there is not being collapsed. You know? So the root chakra, you know, the uh, the base of the spine. You, for example, you see dogs, animals. You no, know, when when it's a phenomenon of intense fear, what they do? They lose feces and and urine, right? So uh, the vital body function here is elimination. And this is uh, a crucial component of maintenance of the body. is called catabolism. And the organs that express the function here, so related with the root chakra, of course, the anus, the rectum, the large intestine, in, in a, a part of it, yeah? the Also the, uh, the uh, bladder part of it. And again, the feelings would be... Uh, a kind of a state of selfish rootedness and survival oriented competitiveness initially, yeah. When the energy uh, moves in and and fear, fears, you know, when the energy moves out, and uh, again, as, uh, as we, the evolution, you know, the control of this chakra is taken over by the brain amygdala, which gives the fear or flight, you know, or courage, fight response, you know. So, uh-huh. uh, again, the root. You it's so interesting like Amit mentioned constipation of course again it's it's uh, immediate you see the the relation between this uh, root chakra and the navel chakra you know because again he mentioned courage so eventually as we replace fear with courage and actually love also you know that's kind of the love love is the opposite of fear right, for me at least you know but it takes courage uh-huh. to engage love also yeah and then we say when when we uh, when we refer to the sex chakra, to the second chakra, Swadhisthana chakra, uh, in the, you know, the vital body function is reproduction, yeah? And the, all these reproductive organs, uterus, ovaries, prostates and so on, you know, for men, um, and also the super genes which are associated with them are the physical representation of this uh, reproductive function, yeah? And the feelings are those of sexuality, you know, uh, when the energy is inward, like kind of uh, you're relaxed about, you're not frustrated. And when the energy is outgoing, you know the feeling is of unfulfilled lust. Yeah, so you're frustrated, a lot of frustration. As you see nowadays, especially women, we are so frustrated usually, and that's why all the humanity also is in this situation because we just stay frustrated. Yeah, and then uh, again, it's you just take a look. You know, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's really. An amazing number of women who have uh, this problem. Of course, men also have impotence and uh, this uh, premature ejaculation, all that. Yeah. So uh, it's also interesting how to see the the relation between uh, the way we we refer to our own sexuality and to the creative energy. I mean, we make a baby with all this energy, and if you if you don't respect this energy, you know, and you don't engage with relations with love. Of course, we speak about lovemaking then. And about even uh, creating a sacred relation in your love relation, yeah, in this way. So if you don't address it and you just uh, um, ignore this energy, it can be catastrophic for your creativity first of all. You know, also for the way you relate with the society. It immediately you can see a person that is very much frustrated. You know, when you look at the person. Okay, and again here the control is in the amygdala of the midbrain, if you want. So again, uh, eventually when we learn about the chakras, we also learn that the, when we uh, learned how to work on the Ajna Chakra, you know, on the on the mental Chakra. Many of the disbalances on the lower chakras are corrected. You know, so we can harmonize a lot when we know how to, for example, practice attention. But it's not enough, you know, more because then we will speak about how to sublimate and transmute all these lower energies, which are extremely important. Also, it's not something to discard. You know, many times, I mean, uh, also in the church, the church says. We are all holy, just not the sexual, you know, not the sexual area. That's not holy. I don't know, come on, how can it be? No. Okay, and then the navel chakra, the vital body function is maintenance or anabolism. And the organs, of course, is the stomach, the small intestine, the liver, the gallbladder, and pancreas. And actually, I would say also it's part of the large intestine. Also, it's a correlation with the way I uh, Ayurveda address is this area the large intestine and uh, that's another story with the dosha so when when again when um, the energies here that we speak uh, the feeling can be pride you know and then when the energy moves out the feeling can be anger unworthiness resentment and so on you know so again also these negative feelings are controlled by the brain's amygdala as well but uh, again it's for example just pay attention to the way you're breathing engage consciously in the breathing and together with that keep your attention you know move wherever you move your attention the energy goes there so that's something good to know yeah and then uh, again eventually, and this this has to do with the willpower also and also this chakra has to do with lots of willpower and if we consume this energy of will with uh, engaging in all only desires which are not related to, to this chakra you know with more sadistana chakra if you want so it's the world is full of desires, full of consumerism. So we all these are eating your willpower. And here we speak about the courage. The first energy of courage is here, you know, the level Manipura chakra, eventually. And then, uh, yeah, here we speak about transformation first of all, and then we move to the heart. And then uh, the vital body function is self-distinction, distinction between me and not me. Yeah, and if you're on the principal organ representation, is the thymus gland and the immune system. Whose job is to distinguish me from non-me, and uh, uh, here we feel romance when the energy moves in, and eventually even feelings of unconditional love and compassion and so on. It's it's uh, huge. I mean, here is the, where you have the symbol of the cross in the Christian tradition. It kind of when in in the Native American tradition, we have the diaphragm. Whatever is below the diaphragma is whatever is more instinctual, and yeah, and what is above. Is what connects us with the sky, they say, in the Native American tradition, yeah? And, of course, when when the energy moves out of the heart area, we feel loss, grief, hurt, and even jealousy. Jealousy, which, again, is not just that. It's also energy referring to the Swadhisthana chakra area, I would say, you know? Then we say the throat chakra, Vishuddha chakra. You know, obviously, here, again, women especially, we have so much hypothyroidism nowadays, hypothyroidism nowadays, because we don't express you know because we are mm-hmm. we are following our here right so much so that we don't hurt others or because we don't feel that we are worthy again manipura chakra yeah and, uh, yeah, again, we, we are hurted. We are hurted and we close our hearts eventually. Also, the thyroid will close down in this way, you yeah? Then there are ways, of course. Even, for example, singing in the shower with the attention there. There are vowel mantras, for example, using the vowel A with the attention there, you know, pronouncing out out, you know, out loud, very harmonious. So the vital function here is, is self-expression. And the organ position are lungs throat, and the speech organs, the hearing organs also, yeah, and the, of course, for me, the thyroid gland is, it says everything, and then you speak about the feelings, we say the exaltation of freedom of speech, when the energy moves in, you're really inspired, All, you opera singers, for example, yeah, uh, and the, you know, it's a lot of frustration when, when the opposite happens, yeah, so again, freedom of speech, freedom of choice, they go hand in hand here, it's a very important area and uh, then we speak about the brow chakra where the initial vital function is rational thinking you know for which the organ is the prefrontal prefrontal cortex right at the back of the forehead yeah and the associated feelings are clarity of understanding you know when you 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 really feel very clear yeah L- lucid and uh, when it's going out it's confusion know, you know, a lot of confusion uh, chaotic Everything feels chaotic, but then uh, this is the beginning. When when it's opening further, this is the chakra that funnels intuitive energy, which Mm -hmm. is associated with uh, a very strong uh, representation of an archetype that you're attracted to, and that's why it's called the third eye, or the eye of intuition. And then the associated feelings of archetypal exploration are satisfaction, but uh, satisfaction in terms of fulfillment, so it's a very deep state of fulfillment. When, uh, you know, or the opposite is despair. So all they say that you just feel that everything is just chaos there. It's all confused, you know, despair. Now, then, uh, of course, it's hard to talk about them. Just Now I'm just mentioning the main things. And the crown chakra, Sahasrara. you saw in the Christian tradition again, the same representation, right? With all that halo around the head. Yeah. And uh, so uh-huh. the crown chakra in we Uy- I mean, in quantum science, we say that the vital, vital function is body knowledge, kind of an awareness of the body also, for which uh, the physical organ is the parietal lobe. But then here, there are uh, all kinds of wonderful experience when uh, this function also changes. When, for example, the camelite nuns, there's an experiment done by uh, a scientist called Mario Boregard. And uh, it's a beautiful experiment that Amit is giving as example. So when they went in state of ecstasy, how all this uh, function of the parietal is is really changing. So it, it's it's you know it's very beautiful to to uh, understand about them. You know because again there are realities that we usually we just. We don't dare to go into, but then also to obviously to experience them. Eventually, you have to get to this feeling of knowledge plus experience, and then we speak about the supramantle later. So that's just some ideas. I think most of the people know about these things. But just,
1: yeah. Well, it's it's it's, it's a, you pulled it together beautifully, and and I'm sure that people are going to listen and go back and take notes. Um, Ahmed, I, I just in, in closing here, I, I, if I can squeeze it in, in in your book you talk about the heart and the brain each having a self. How what does that mean, and and do they ever talk?
2: <laughs> yes, they, they they do talk. Um, but let me first explain uh, what a self um, requirement for the self is. You see, quantum physics says consciousness is the ground of all being. What that means is that consciousness has all the possibilities of our being. And our being, uh, thinking, being, feeling, being, uh, material being, sensing being, intuitive being, all that being is contained in this possibility, right? So um, uh, then the question is, of course, uh, how do we... uh, 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 manifest the possibilities and consciousness shoot but that's the that's the very basic uh, aspects of it and then the question is, is that you know uh, how do we then uh, develop this uh, consciousness that chooses uh, into a uh, self that uh, is represented in the brain and the uh, because consciousness is oneness it has no second. And how can one rest into a subject that experiences and a self that experiences and the object that is being experienced? A very huge problem, but it is solved by a concept called tangled hierarchy. Um, brain has a memory apparatus. Brain also has a perception operator. Notice the circularity between them. Uh, Without perception, we cannot have memory, but without memory, it is impossible to perceive. This is a bit subtle, but it's really true. How we perceive is used bits of memory to make sense of what we are perceiving. So both are required for each other and making a circular hierarchy called tangled hierarchy. And this is the requirement of self because... Once consciousness enters an apparatus which has a triangle hierarchy, consciousness itself gets very mixed up. Which pole do I belong to? I go to one pole, but one pole doesn't exist without the other. I go to the other pole, then the other pole doesn't exist without this one. So you go back and forth between the two poles. So consciousness gets caught in that hierarchy, circular hierarchy, confined consciousness within that circle. And that gives us the idea of self. And this self then is separate from the object that is manifesting. All the experiences arising in the consciousness itself, in the ground of being. But we think that the self is observing the object separate from itself. That appearance is what the quantum manifestation from potentiality is creating. Now, what was very surprising, you know, for a long time uh, we were looking at, I was definitely looking at the archetype of love and looking at uh, the heart chakra. And of course, the uh, chakra is also the site of the immune system in the form of the thymus gland, which is easy to forget, but really uh, we call it a heart chakra. But the base level condition is immune system which controls the heart chakra mainly and the energy that is defensiveness. When the immune system is active, it's defending our body from intruders. It's defensiveness. When the immune system does not act, then we are vulnerable, right? And so I thought, okay, you know, when we are vulnerable, that's a requirement for love. So maybe the immune system has to suspend itself. So that thought, Eventually led to, because you know, when Valentina joined me, eventually that led to the idea that, look, the heart actually has a brain, you know, it's a huge bundle of neurons, sort of a small brain, and brain can make memory. So we immediately realized, ah, oh. so the energy of love and memory-making capacity makes the uh, self. Uh, particularly uh, poignant to us, so that we cannot not observe that this heart is a loving um, apparatus. This heart chakra is the chakra of love. But actually, for non-transformed people, people who don't learn love, there are a lot of people like that today who are into faith. Why are they into faith? Because they are into defensiveness. They never have taken the quantum leaping that it takes to get into the tangled hierarchical operation in the heart chakra, tangled hierarchical operation in the heart. Heart itself transforms from a blood pump into an apparatus which still pumps blood, but it also becomes capable of loving. So, this realization then led to the idea that uh, similarly, pancreas has. We get all the focus on stomach, but very important organ is also pancreas. You know, we get the pancreas malfunction. So this pancreas malfunction, this has to be compared with that immune system malfunction. The malfunction um, manifests itself in sugar excess in the bloodstream. And what does sugar do to us? It makes us weak. So earlier we talked about strengthening the heart chakra courage. How do we get that? We keep the pancreas healthy. So all the people who are really into knee-centeredness, pancreas are getting weak, and they eventually will have type 2 diabetes when they are older. They don't realize this. Just as people who live with defectiveness all their life eventually are going to end up with cancer. They don't, just, they don't know yet. That, that's what will happen. So, you know, in this way, we discovered that there is a self in the uh, navel as well, and if we quantum live in that self, self, and then the psychiatrist will always be healthy, and that way you also prevent weakness of mind, weakness of emotions, you make people strong in the ego, in a manner of speaking, but it's a higher strength, and... You have the ability of, you know, uh, Valentina gets beautiful exposure of all the chakras. This chakra really helps the throat chakra because that's when we cannot speak because we are weak in our navel. So, you know, uh, sugar excess goes to type 2 diabetes, goes to strength of the navel chakra, goes to quantum leaping at the pancreas, goes to getting navel strength, and then you not only heal... Diabetes, but also you feel your inability to speak for yourself, etc. So these things, all these things are known in different pieces, different pieces, and now we are discovering that they are all unified in the quantum science. All can be understood. And of course, you know, we can go on and on. Then, of course, there is also brain and to integrate the brain and the body. You know that too is part of uh, our work, spiritual work. So all this is wholeness. Part of this is the, this is what quantum spirituality is about.
1: Wholeness. Yeah, I, I think that's what that's what so many people are searching for, and yet they don't know it. But you know, with hope, um, people will. Um, begin to be aware of, of all of this, and certainly your book is going to help tremendously. Um, I've, I've, we've gone over our time, and I just feel so badly because um, I think we could go on for another hour, but I know both of you have things that you must do, and and our time differences are great. So I want to thank both of you for being here. This has been so enlightening, and and I'm sure it will be of great use to all those people who will listen to it in the future. So thank you very much for taking time out of your day and and evening and and sharing it with us.
3: Thank you so much. It was beautiful to be with you. It
1: was a delight to have both of you, and hopefully we'll get you back on again at a later date and, and delve further into some of this material because it is amazing. So Thank you again for being with us. I so appreciate your time and your work. And um urge everybody to check out your website. And and what is your website again, Amit?
2: Amitgoswami.org. A-M-I-T-G-O-S-W-A-M-I dot O-R-G.
1: Fantastic. Hopefully you'll get lots of visitors. So thank you again, and Valentina, thank you. And um, thank I you. will... Be in touch with everybody um, later on in the week. Uh, we have more shows coming up. Please check us over at um, at our YouTube channel because this will be up there very shortly. And please check out their book, Quantum Spirituality. Um, there's also Quantum Brain, and Amit was on and spoke about that. Another absolutely enlightening read that you can apply to your life and start to understand exactly where wholeness and balance comes in and and how to start to work with those aspects within you to create a wholeness that is richer for your your reality. Um, But thank you again, everyone, for listening. Certainly we will be talking to you soon. Take care now. Bye-bye.